0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this 28th edition of Shift. I'm Megan Murray.
1: And I'm Ewan Semple.
0: And today, um, for this long-awaited podcast, we have taken a little break unexpectedly and had our summer and (laughs) are back to it today. Um, We're inspired today to talk a bit about um, what we're going to throw into the bucket of uh, new modes of work or new relationships of work or new thinking about how we as individuals and organizations uh, approach work. Um, for me, the, the the thing that kind of stirred this pot for me was having a conversation with somebody about uh, remote work um, and how in, uh, in their culture, in their environment, in their geographical space, it was more common. Uh, for that to not be cool still here in 2014 Um, and it was what I find interesting about it when I have that conversation with people because it's still a conversation I have with some regularity um, is that it tends to be one where it's about how people feel about being connected and when they kind of qualify or quantify what connection is it tends to be around um can you trust that work is being done can you trust that work is being done efficiently um are they part of the community of people who work together etc they all tend to be very uh perceptive and feeling kind of reasons uh but then they all boil down to this place of trust and efficiency um which always, you know, when you think about collaboration, you think about social web. You think about how people interact with each other. It's kind of such a big
1: deal. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and that, that thing about the feelings, uh, the perception, you know, the, the, the the expression of it being about feelings works both ways because I've heard others say that they like the uh, they like being with other people. They like the structure yes. of work. They like mm-hmm. the clear demarcations between work and home that comes from commuting. Yeah. Um, so again, not, not necessarily it's, yeah, logical or, or pragmatic reasons, but, but good reasons.
0: Yeah, it's, and certainly not one way either. I no. don't want to give that impression either. Um, which it, it's kind of fascinating to me. But I, uh, I think I see these opportunities for, um, for these new modes, these new situations um, of work. And when you look at the the kind of future of work um, prognosticators <laughs> looking into the to the distance and proclaiming what is going to be, there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of suggestion around entrepreneurialism for more uh, kind of freelance approaches to things that that you can't simply have that thirty year job anymore. That you people are diversifying their their uh, their their ability to ensure their income and. Um, you know, do many things at once. <sighs> to me, I feel like that's almost... Uh, I don't even know how I want to say this. It's almost kind of like hand-in-hand uh, uh, hand with that experience. It feels like one element of it, it's like a spectrum, rather, I should say, one element of it is that that kind of pie in the sky story about being able to do six jobs and uh, taking money from all over the place and have kind of a more networked experience of um, um, making a living. And the other side is very dependent, very, um, you know, singularly focused on this one kind of job that you're doing. Um, But they both speak to the building of specific kind of relationships, right? Um, yeah, and I, and I, th- I think
1: even, even sort of pulling it back a little bit into the current reality for most people, that, that even within the context of a conventional organisation and people trying to rationalise their use of property, use of space, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having an inclination to allow people to do more remote working. I, mean, I remember, of it must be 15 years ago now, having to go through um, training about um, display screen, what was it called? Display screen regulations or something like that. About how I was meant to sit at my computer before I was allowed to use my computer at home for work, in
0: uh-huh. case
1: I sued them for for my bad back. Oh, my um, and you know that that uh, tension between the structures and and the the rules of work if you like and, and being a home is true even if you don't go so far as the kind of freelance network community that we're, we're expecting to move towards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it even came up the other day uh, I wrote about my uh, daughter's going into sixth form and is is allowed not to wear full school uniform mm-hmm. um, but they're being incredibly picky about what they then wear uh, and it's described as business attire and um, so she's already been hauled up for the darkness of her jacket not quite much in the darkness of her skirt Um, and I I was sort of having a go at this and about the um, ridiculousness of it but actually it triggered several conversations with clients about the angst that the wearing of clothes represents Mm -hmm. and what's acceptable and what's not Mm -hmm. Um, in fact one guy actually described it as an existential crisis because he couldn't work out what he wanted to wear when and why so it's interesting
0: a bit like being in high school again for Yeah, well it, well
1: that was that was my point. That was it yeah. exactly. And and yeah. you know, so if if So the thing about being remote, um being independent. You know, as you said, it comes down to trust and I remember mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with my, my last boss at the BBC sub, subsequently and he was introducing me as having worked for him and I said, Yeah, not like either of us Acted like it, Gareth, and um, I was joking that I used to have to remember to, to move away from the swimming pool before I r- responded to calls from him, um, and this was even twelve years ago. So you know, people have always found ways, I think, to to achieve a little bit of independence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've sort of rushed headlong into a technological opportunity we almost almost 100% independence, um, without being ready for it, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it's interesting to me that, that within that spectrum too, though, I think we also have, um, if you think about the existence of folks inside of large organizations right now and the relationships from one department to another, one team to another, uh, one leader to another, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the focus that people kind of sub-identify in those ways, uh, because they have to, um, in many cases, that's just the culture, that's how it works, that has, that's how work gets done. And it's almost a sense that that, uh, that feeling will be gone. <laughs> and I wonder, I mean, beyond that, I, I mean, I wonder if, if people explore what that feeling really is. Um, yeah. and what it, What is it that you're going to lose when it goes? It could be something very substantial. It could be an opportunity for revelation around, you know what makes it work? and, well, and
1: um, yeah, and, and it's um, even down to what individuality means. I mean, this came out in the, in the conversation around the clothing, um, that there are tribal rules about what you do and don't wear and, you know, that conforming and wanting to fit in with a group and distinguish yourselves from other groups. And one of the commenters on, on my post um, talked about the fact that working-class people don't have the luxury, um, which I sort of thought was a slightly uh, old-world way of describing it, mm-hmm. but that there are some jobs that require uniforms, there are some jobs that require yeah, clothing of a certain type. And, again, that sort of goes back to, well, there are some aspects of work that require certain behaviours, that require certain norms and practices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not just that people are being uh, that there's a lack of trust that they're not going to waste their time. Right. There's more to it than that, isn't there? And and but again, just untangling what's necessary and what's not is really yeah. quite difficult.
0: Well, and I think that so the first the the first answer. I'll go back to that conversation that I was having that kind of um, stirred this up for me. Um, the first answer that I am used to hearing when uh, when I have this conversation with folks is that um, well we we don't we don't feel comfortable with that um, we like to have our people close mm-hmm. um, we feel like that's the way to build our culture is to have our people close um, and but very often if I dig deeper and ask, what they do to keep the culture close when they do have each other in, in front of one another. Um, there's there's not a whole lot beyond that. It's almost, um, it, this is this going to sound like a totally crazy cat lady thing to say, but I, I have a, um, a, a a very small cat who often, I, I describe her um, her personality as kind of a, a water buffalo at the watering hole kind of thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, in so much as that if anything moves, she's out of the room, she's gone. <laughs> Right. But she does this thing when she wants to feel comfortable, which is she's trying to establish her place in the in the the pride, if you will, where she'll run across your body, but she'll leave one toe on you. <laughs> and uh, and just like stare off into the distance, like, yeah, I got gotcha, you. You know, um, yeah. and, and I sometimes that's the almost the visual that I get in my head sometimes yeah. is yeah. that it's, you know, I can see you. I can touch you. We're. We're connected in the same space. That's the only connection that I need. And it's, it's not good nor bad. It's just mm-hmm. something to observe. It's something mm-hmm. to see um, and to think about.
1: Um, Sensing, because that, that kind of angle on it, that take on it reminds me of some guys of, who I think listen to the podcast, but I won't, I won't name them at the moment for various reasons. But talking about getting down to the essence of what makes businesses work or not work. Mm-hmm. and you know something that we have talked endlessly about on these podcasts is that it is about relationships and our yeah. ability to establish and form and make appropriate use of relationships mm-hmm. and a really interesting attempt to find language to talk better about that to become more explicit about that to get over our squeamishness about that yeah. and, a, and an acknowledgement that we will do anything but talk about that and we'll talk about systems and clothing and blah 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 mm-hmm. It's a little stuff we can control. Outward manifestations of a screwed-up relationship, yeah. <laughs> if you like, mm-hmm. uh, rather than deal with a screwed-up relationship. So I, mean, I think... And, and again, that's the glue that holds an organisation together. If you have put effort in and have established those kind of relationships, then you can withstand not being in the same room together.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's, it's, it it's gives the sense that that feeling of being able to control, the, the you know... When, in reality, what you 're trying to do is catch water with a tennis racket you know mm. Um, mm. it's uh, um, and at the same time it 's this brilliant opportunity to challenge a person to build an authentic business relationship to to set healthy psychological boundaries where um, you can have your life and have your business and if you need to be if you need to keep them separate you can keep them separate and um, if you if you don't need that then you can work in that way as well you know it's it's not it's almost like the uh, when we talk about more entrepreneurial more uh, um, diversified kind of work modes um, it's almost as if we are... I don't know, giving ourselves license to kind of exercise um, a little more self-awareness around how we best work, what our environment is like, what we need from our our relationships, you know, and how we can be authentic in that space and do it. And I think for a long, long time, business has had, uh, there's an element of business that's had this kind of used car salesman um, perspective to it, and that you are, you know, give me the top 10 tricks and tips and <laughs> how do I, you know, so much of, uh, social media analytics these days seems to be kind of pointing towards how, how to more effectively manipulate favor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as opposed to how do we authentically as an organization <clears throat> display what we believe in so that we can align the right people to do work with us because we're so focused on the story of more as opposed to the story of better. Um, it's uh that's that's kind of like the standard business, and uh, let me get a little euphoric and crazy wouldn't it, wouldn't it be lovely um if part of the shift that we're talking about would be a more th- authentic and conscious kind of environment where the focus is more about better than it is about more <laughs> um, well yeah and
1: and just sort of going back to the beginning of that that train of thought about the boundaries as well because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I think it is a lot about boundaries and yeah. people's I was going to say perceived need, a real need for boundaries yes. um, between me and my organization, between me and my boss. And um, maybe to have
0: some autonomy over what those boundaries are as opposed well, but, to having them it, dictated to you.
1: Sure. But I was sort of going, going the other direction in the sense that having no structure or boundaries can be very disconcerting for people. Very much so. Um, and it was, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day there who'd been ill um, and was sort of forced not to be as busy, and just the sort of experience that gave them all of having less structure, having less demarcations, having less um, sense of control, mm-hmm. and how actually they ended up being, <laughs> they became more. Uh, they they felt they were more productive because they had time to think and they had time to to they, they they had to deal with that discomfort if you like of not being at work and not being busy. Yeah. Um, so I think it is partly you right. I mean, it's just partly wanting to have control over it, but it's also the fact that you have to learn to exercise your own control over it and take responsibility for your limits and your, your, you know, I love working out and reading about optimizing things and getting systems as lean and efficient as possible. But part of that is also just me working out my own weaknesses, if you like, and mm-hmm. accounting for those and, and working around them if I have to. Um, so sort of coming to the end of that your, your, that last section was the level of self-awareness that, that it takes to do that mm-hmm. has a whole bunch of other benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a bit like if you just get a... You know, it's like the sort of th- enthusiasm at the moment for bringing your own device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like running after the horse after it's bolted because um, we all have the devices and we're all using them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean we all know how to work well. Okay. with those devices in the context that we find ourselves. It's, 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 again, as we said right at the beginning, we're sort of rushing headlong into this unstructured, networked, um, un, unmanaged, undisciplined mess um, without the means to deal with it.
0: Well, and it's funny, too, um, on that, I mean, I, I think a, a fantastic example of that is, is to ask folks, and I'd, I'd be interested in seeing, you know, talking to somebody who's going through the school experience right now, who taught you how to do email. Yeah. You know, yeah, how, yeah. Do you, how do you respond to it? How do you behave when you use email?
1: Oh, and this, this is why, you know, so much of the productivity porn on the internet is, is as popular as it is because people don't know. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, just even with my newsletter, it's the, it's the kind of productivity bits that get the most click-throughs. Sure. Um, and, and again, I have to sort of remember that I've had the luxury of not being in an office for eight years and having the chance to work this stuff out. Yeah. And and revine the processes, but if you're just stuck with Outlook and and you know there's a paucity of tools that normally work exist in a work context, then you've, you've you're starting from nothing.
0: Well, you know what I think is fascinating about that though is it's occurred to me of late that what we are experiencing with Facebook and uh, sometimes the, the discomfort that people have with the constant changing UI, the um, the not being really empowered to make any changes in the experience there, having the the news feed change all the time. Um, It's corporate IT. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's it's on your desk at home now, and now it's on your phone all the time, and it's not connected to your work. But we're we're also conditioned to that experience, and further being conditioned to that experience by you know by design at this stage.
1: Oh, but but it, but it's really that's really interesting because I mean, at risk of blowing the topic apart here, um, <laughs> it Us? On, no. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> but I you know, just that. What's been great is watching Dave Weiner getting getting involved in this, and it was partly off a conversation we'd had in Italy about the frustration of having to post multiple places. So mm. Dave's kind of hacked up a way of accessing the Facebook API so that he can write in a web browser, and it goes to his blog, it goes to... Um, Facebook and it goes to Twitter now as well and then I'd written something about wouldn't it be cool if we could just manage comments right for the first time because comments disperse and and, you know if you have different outlets and different platforms the same conversation can run in parallel in different places and you don't have the opportunity for the different people to connect Mm -hmm. but that, solving that has taken a considerable effort on Dave's part, it takes effort on my part to follow what he's done and catch up with it and Mm -hmm. I have to invest in doing that yeah. Um, most people will just complain that Facebook's not fair, and and the risk of blowing the topic apart is we were also talking about, um, or I wrote about the ways we have to deal with the big challenges that we're facing and the, dis- the disruption that's happening in the Middle East and the Ukraine and the finances, whatever. But that none of them, and we all go numb in the face of the enormity of it all, mm-hmm. and it's all other people and it's all other people's responsibility. So we do nothing, and I can't remember the old quote, but you know, it's all that it takes for. Um, a few men to be evil, and the rest of us to stand back and do nothing. Yeah. Um, so it is again that thing that uh, uh, that 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 being passive. I was going to say it's unforgivable, but that's <laughs> a bit harsh. Um,
0: well, but, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's, but it's
1: letting the rest of us down, you know.
0: Well, I mean, it has just uh, it it has that equal impact. It's, it's yeah. y- You could be running. Ne- it's out not and- neutral setting the house on fire yourself, you know, it isn't neutral. That's the thing is that it's, um, it's, it's not my job, man. Does not apply. (laughs) And, And it really can. I mean, not for effective change. Not, and, and I mean, we we see that we see that in our political structures, in our global news, in the, the the story of humanity. But we also see that in getting adoption, quote unquote, adoption for social platforms inside yeah. of organizations. It's not my job. Man does not apply. Any yes, is,
1: is it's re, is it's responsibility to sort out my email or teach me how to do it. Yeah, no. Well, no, not really. No,
0: they just make the plumbing work. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, but it's. Uh, That's, that's, that's part of the, the, the story though, again, without blowing the topic apart, it's, it's, we are conditioned in a lot of places, not just in our work environments, but through the media that we take in through um, sometimes the relationships that we have, we are conditioned to put a lot of value into uh, um, those experiences that are kind of handed to us, and and not take as much responsibility for for sure. what's going on there. But when we talk about boundaries and trust and relationships um, within a work environment, um, that means that you have to challenge those things occasionally, um, and in a positive way. It doesn't have to be a, a you know you're not going to ignite your pitchforks and go running down the hallway. Um, but uh, there can be um, there can be conversation about it. Maybe as opposed to having an initiative that you put together that teaches everybody how to be nice to each other in email, um, maybe you have a conversation about it. Uh, um, if you don't want to have a big kumbaya group meeting, uh, maybe you get a couple of leaders to have a conversation about it together and and uh, see how they feel about it, see what goes on for them, what their experiences are about, or find people who you feel are particularly effective um, and have conversations with them about it, just to get people thinking about it. You know, um, it's not it's not necessarily a training scenario kind of thing. But but those little moments, those opportunities where you can en- engage people in an authentic way and and get their sense of uh, what's working and what's not working, it's the, it's kind of the ultimate crowdsource, right? Um, but at the same time, you're also going through the process of building a relationship and an authentic one at that. Um, which uh, has cascading benefit in the positive, positive. Um, and maybe the 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 negative, if it were ever binary, um, would only be the time that you took to have the conversation. Um, anyway,
1: because I've got my normal uh, it's a nagging voice, my dad's voice, mm-hmm. in my head about rigor, um, and again, I wrote about this recently about. That nagging suspicion that this is all idealistic twaddle right, yeah, and, well, yeah. and that the grown ups are right and that you need boundaries and structure and procedures and blah blah blah, the whole thing falls apart. And, and as I said in that post, you know, they are partly right in the sense mm-hmm. that if we're all making it up all the time and everything becomes done by committee, it all grinds to a halt. Um, but yeah. again, as so often we've said, that what we're talking about is redressing a current imbalance rather right. than trying to lurch too far in the other direction. And we've had too much. Process too much a, a, automate too much um, unthinking compliance, if you like, yeah. uh, in, in, in increasingly complex systems that have got increasing chances of just going completely off the rails because nobody's thinking anymore. Right. Um, right. So we're not saying you don't have rules, and you don't have systems, and you don't have processes, and you don't define the limits of remote working or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you don't do so blindly, and certainly the individuals affected by it take some responsibility for pushing back if it's not right.
0: Yeah, precisely. Or understanding that it's, it's, um, as human beings, it's something that's going to ebb and flow over time, um, that, that people operate. Certainly people have, uh, have, uh, um, their regimens and their, their processes for getting things done. Um, but people's needs change on a regular basis. And let's say you are a more entrepreneurial person and you've got three roles going for you, um and you split your time among the three, it's never... I, I, I can't imagine consistently it would ever be a precise percentage all the time, every time. Different things are going to require different bits of attention and such. Um, yeah, and that it's... What- it's leaving room for that flexibility, leaving room for that reality, yeah.
1: um, and but, creating
0: but, an environment where you're thinking about it all the time, you know, well, exactly. where And having
1: the triggers that make you do that. I mean, I was looking yeah. at um, Aligned, you know, the thing that Chris Hoyer and uh, Ron Shah are developing at the moment. Yes. Um, and that's really interesting, because just for those who don't know it, it's, it's a, a, a process in which you, uh, through a system, make a commitment. And it could be to a peer, it could be to your boss, it could be your boss to you, mm-hmm. in which you define the commitment and then put in time skills and whatever. When I first saw it, I thought, gosh it'd be horrible to automate everything to that degree, But then I realized what well, it was it wasn't automating the 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 relationship, it was triggering the relationship mm-hmm. so it's forcing you to have the conversation
0: right
1: so rather than just having some mumbled delegation by your boss that you don't quite understand then fail to meet and then get grumpy he gets grumpy about mm-hmm. this, this forces you to say well I need this by this time and you then go well I can't do it because you can give me ten other things to do or whatever yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting isn't it because I think you can and it's something that's always occurred to me that you can, you can build in structure and processes for the points of contact or the exchanges mm-hmm. rather than for the detail of the process or the thing that needs to be done because most people don't need to be told that
0: yeah yeah it's that's why they were hired.
1: <laughs> so it sort of goes back to the idea of IP that you've got some strictly enforced junctions or or mm-hmm. transaction points that you're all that you don't have to reinvent all the time. Yeah, yeah. but that, that that then frees you up to have more laxity in the other stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it's and that's the thing. It's it's that. Uh, lacks in the place that you need it and and structures in the in the place that you need it
1: (laughs) yeah and i guess what we're saying is that shifting Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. well and and i feel like you know based on the tools that i see and the options that i see i mean what ron and um and chris are doing is is uh, super interesting and and i think it's uh i think they're ahead of the game um because they already have relationships like that. They see relationships like that and they see an opportunity to, to kind of build that experience. Um, It's uh, as with everything else, we've, we've got to have the ability to have, uh, you know, autonomy and critical thought around those experiences uh, 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 around accepting or not accepting, you know, there's so much of that relationships that's built into the way that that software works, which is brilliant. It's great. Um, But uh, it's uh, it's that kind of story. In my brain, I'm sitting in a, um, I'm sitting in an office, explaining to somebody how they use it, and uh, ha- having flashbacks about um, you know talking to senior people who are saying, "But can I control this? And can I control that? And how do I do it so that I?" Well, again, you know, again, that
1: was that was my worry because I thought, gosh, yeah. this is just going to be some kind of um, 1984 nightmare where they uh-huh. monitor and measure every every breathing and living thought. And then I thought well no because it's it's a it 's an agreed thing mm-hmm. so that you know the the idea of a score where you, you, you if you 're committed enough and do the right things and do them well, you get a good score If that was just enough again i 've said this before if that was if that was a small group of managers measuring the rest of us i wouldn 't touch it with the barge pole right. but but as I understand it, the point of their system is it 's an agreement between the two parties, yes. So it's a bit like David Weinberger's conversations between equals. It's almost manifesting that in the hardware and the software. Yeah,
0: it comes baked in with the story of autonomy.
1: Yeah. So I, I exactly. So I can exercise my autonomy at the point of which that question mm-hmm. of "Am I able to do this?" is asked, and it forces me to do that. So I. And the
0: purchase, the 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 exchange around that autonomy is is trust, mm-hmm. and and uh, um, and that's that's a new mode of work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's it's as opposed to. Regulate first, trust later. <laughs> it's trust first. Well, and, <laughs> and if, you, if you've later. adopted
1: that way of working, mm-hmm. um, and another group I'm working with at the moment, which I think I mentioned before, is looking at achieving things without the need for conventional playing at shops management. And yeah. um, what's fascinating I think, about all these things is that once we get the right level of, of autonomy, the right type of systems, and the right type of rigor in the right places, then we can genuinely begin to con- consider the prospect of having very different organizations
0: Mm -hmm. it's very true it's you know it's all stepping stone stuff I I mean we we, some gosh who was it somebody very smart a long time ago told me that the world exists in cycles of uh, uh, deconstruction and construction Mm. and I and I, I, I use that lens sometimes when I'm looking at software and how we shift from E2O to social, you know, X. And then now it's, everything's digital, right? Which <laughs> still makes me giggle. Um, yeah. But uh, I
1: get IT people talking about this new thing called digital and I'm thinking, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah really. Um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, it's a word. It's, a, it's you know, it's, it's something that, that lets people know we've moved on. It's a, it's a milepost, um, you know, you it could be it could be called Steve or Fred and it would still be a mile post, you know. Yeah. It would be a lot funnier on on all of those <laughs> conference bills too. Um But uh I, I mean those are the those are the, the, the moments that we need to know that we're growing and changing and that there that there is shift and it's not a shift that's happening, it's the constant shift that's happening as you know, us being human beings, it's how it works, right? Is that we learn and we adapt, and um, I think this adaptation that's coming—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it, fascinating to me to to see this uh, the, this next kind of wave um, of products and ideas around new work and how it's all shifting um, because we're getting closer and closer to the 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 inner rings of it, which to me are the behavioural rings. It's our yeah, and,
1: uh, it, and that's interesting because in a sense, I, I, you know, I know people are wearied with the sort of techn- techno utopia of it all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so many of the systems haven't really touched the sides. Yeah, and I, and I tend to feel, and I guess I would, that that doesn't mean we've we're heading in the wrong direction. It's just that we haven't distilled it down to the thing that will be truly really useful yet. Yeah. And yeah. I think when, once we do then the shift will become easy because it will just become so bloody obvious that we just all do it. But it's it, at the moment, it does seem to wander about in the dark. And it's partly it because people have you know, you can see this. I mean, this manifests itself in the tools themselves mm. and the labels and the words and, yeah, sure. you know, why, why SharePoint's the way it is and why IT like it because it looks like what they're used to. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it is us all just gradually peeling back the layers of those old models of how things should be. Yeah. Um, and if we can get to the common ip or 42 or whatever it becomes that we can all go oh yeah right that is what makes this thing happen in tick. and, and we, can, we can all do that and then the software will just you know work mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i've been taking the drugs
0: yeah clearly <laughs> well it, you know and that's that's the thing I, I i have a lot of conversations with people about how they use software and um, what their expectations around software are and and then having the you know inside perspective of uh, seeing how software is developed either within uh, a large organization internally or for a company that makes software or, and uh, just being part of uh, scrums for years now, um, there's so much about software that's always been 80-20. Mm-hmm.
1: It's,
0: and it's mm-hmm. a cost, it's a cost effectiveness kind of story. It's not, it's not, uh, are we making the best software we can possibly make? It's, are we making the software that we can afford to make? Mm-hmm. Um uh, and And still get the profit margin that we need to get that 's business that 's any business right. So this notion that uh, this you know techno utopia is going to change everything, everything, it's going to point us in directions and, and clarify things that we want and that we don't want. It's a learning process like any other. It's a mm. and it, it's a language that has we're learning been, like any other has
1: always been the hidden benefit of IT projects, even if they don't mm-hmm. deliver the functionality they they, yes. they they said they would. They've just made you think about what you're doing and why. It's, and that, it's
0: a huge. practice. They call it a practice for a reason. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's something that you have to To exercise on a regular basis for you to to find learning and benefit from that's that's how it works. It's,
1: it's um, like, and I guess we're still encumbered with the machine metaphor.
0: Well, I think and, we're still and, dazzled by it, aren't we? You know. Well,
1: no. I was thinking another way, that, that in the sense that most people don't understand software. They don't understand the malleability of it and and the insubstantialness of it. I mean, I still remember that funny feeling when you first download software using Wi-Fi and you see this bar filling up and that sense of something physical arriving in your computer. Yeah. Um, And it's the fact that, you know, the underlying principles of computing and AI and all those things, and whether they do or don't mimic the way our brains work, blah, blah, blah. We still have a very tool-focused way of looking at them. So, you know, we still have a, an idea that our computer's a typewriter that writes onto bits of paper sort of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which is sort of holding us back, because, again, it's holding on to those ideas that stops us from stripping it away to the essence of, well, but yeah, well, why do I still pretend to write bits of paper mm-hmm. when, when 140 characters would be more effective or whatever?
0: Right, right.
1: And it goes back to that thing about boundaries, doesn't it? And structure and the fact that people get very disconcerted if suddenly it all goes wobbly.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, um, it's, there's, there's a strength in finding or I want to say having surety in the face of a lack of surety, um, and uh, and that comes from, as an individual, I think it comes from doing the work of understanding who you are and, and what you're trying to achieve in this world and, um, you know, having some self-examination and some critical analysis about what, what life is about. As an organization or as a member of a team, it's kind of the same story um, in so much as that you... Yeah. Decide as a group as to a focus business, on, yeah, yeah you, to to focus on the things that have real import. And as a business, you have a choice to say, is our our goal the numbers only, or are we adding to those numbers maybe some other measures to say, are we healthy? Are we moving forward in the way that we want to move? Um, are we staying put in the ways that we want to stay put? <laughs> um, you know, there's gotta be some self examination around that and some some reckoning with the humanity of an organization. Um and that can happen at a very uh, uh kind of macro level, that can happen at the micro, and it can um mm. It can be something that, that organizations explore without necessarily being, you know, going whole hog touchy feely, let's have twelve workshops and and uh, you know, stop working for a day while we examine well, well, our tables. you know? But having not
1: yeah, have but if you don't do any of that, I mean I've been having a few conversations with people who are significantly stressed by the disconnect. Mm-hmm between their personal experience and their understanding of the world and the way things are working. Yes. And the apparent insanity of those who are in charge of them who don't seem to realise this and keep acting strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. I think there's a real... It's a, it's a significant modern stress on people, that that gap that's opening up um, for many of us.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think as we see, there's so much. When if you if you go to the self help section, <laughs> the stuff that you see is you know have this important life, find meaning, mm. um, you know, uh, get your happiness, make sure that you're balanced. There's there are all of these uh, uh, kind of profound yet duh statements that that we're all kind of seeking. You know, in a lot of ways, it's. Uh, yeah. um, and the thing is, is that they They can be intensely beneficial, and at the same it, again it 's just like a spectrum it 's never binary right They can be intensely beneficial, and they can also turn into navel gazing and scare the hell out of people mm-hmm. um, but we we are kind of barraged with these messages about health and wellness and um, having that that uh, being fit in the physical sense but being fit in the um, in the relationship senses and the mental senses, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, often get are given less credence. And I think especially in the business world where we talk about things being binary, right or wrong, good or bad, top 10 or no, um, that tends to get chucked out the window a bit. And there are, there's a huge industry, obviously in business self-help, how to be a better manager, how to be more effective, how do you you do your time management? Well, things like that, your four hour work week, if you will, um, but again, it's it's almost the same mechanism as the technology that we look to. In that, uh, um, it's not about applying a process; it's about doing some self-examination
1: mm-hmm.
0: and understanding your own motivations and understanding what's a healthy boundary for you, um, and so that you you don't find yourself in that trap of telling everybody how busy you are all the time. Um, And then having your brain light up after you do it, you know, (laughs) because it's good for you know, you're, you're feeding something in yourself and doing that. Um, I think there's great opportunity. And I think as we talk about these, um, these new models, um, shifting to a more entrepreneurial world, I mean, I have a a, a ton of examples in my own experience of people that I worked with inside of a, a large organization who are now founding their own endeavors, or yeah. moving off yeah. to consulting, or trying something new, and as we do those things, it's those you know those same folks who are having this kind of existential angst about hearing one thing and seeing another, mm-hmm. um, and having to to really want to align those stories in their uh, in their own experiences. Yeah. Um, that's that examination has to go on, right? It has to happen. Um, those are the the smart people. Those are the excited, driven people that you want to work for your organization. Um, And it's, especially when we're talking about large organizations, um, having an environment where you welcome that self-analysis and you promote that self-analysis, as well as some engagement around it, some actual exchanges, some actual relationship development um, that is authentic, that's the thing that's going to feed those folks. That's the the relationship that they are looking for, so I think that it's it's something that has to be considered, um, and I won't bucket that into millennials or Gen Zers no. or any of that stuff either because I know plenty of Boomers and uh, uh, Gen Xers who feel the same way. Um, it's uh, that that kind of information seeking, that kind of development of uh, deeper relationships of of, of meaning. It's part and parcel of how networks work. Um, And as we talk about getting into a more networked world, that's something that's going to have to be explored. I think we're all going to experience it at some point or another and how we react to it and how we trust one another in our reactions to it. um, It's going to be kind of the deciding factor for whether it's a smooth experience or not, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, work, work, work's just about turning up on time, doing what you're told, not rattling any cages and going home and then giving up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, finding some meaning in your working experience and learning something from it on a regular basis, um, that's kind of the keys it's, to the kingdom for a lot of people, isn't
1: it? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'm sorry, of, you know, if it, was, <laughs> it wasn't obvious being devil's advocate there, Um Was it like life is boring, hard, and whatever? And then you don't I remember the quote, you know that, that um, we have this very modern idea of fulfilment and meaning, mm. um, and yet a large amount of mankind's time on the planet has been much more prosaic than that. Um, I, some, I sometimes worry that we're setting up false expectations that will just make us unhappy. Mm. Paradoxically, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know the expectation of being happy makes you bloody miserable if you don't get it.
0: Oh yeah, well, and I think uh, you know, chasing down an existential path here. I mean, we are. It's it's never one thing or the other. It's everything. Um, I say that all the time. Oh, right? goodness,
1: I, was, I was counting. We should, have, we should have a drink every time you manage. To I know. That
0: okay, that's my <laughs> drinking game, so drinking a, yeah. game for, for yeah. the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but, but, but that is the reality of it, though, right? I mean, yeah. it's not. It, we human beings are not designed. Nothing on this planet is designed to be anything forever. Um, we, you know, we're entropy is the rule. <laughs> so, and that can be again, that you know, waves of construction and deconstruction. If we seek happy, we practice humanity, we, um, you know, certainly we seek comfort, we seek those experiences, but th- we don't live there, um, and life is going to be challenging. It, that's where yeah. you learn, that's where you develop, you know, these ex- important experiences that help you bond to one another as you move down the path, or separate from one another as you move down the path, right? That's, and that's okay. It's all Okay um it just is
1: <laughs> yeah and, I th- and that's a good point i mean this this is not something that's being made up out of thin air. i mean this is this is a reaction to changing circumstances that we're yes. having to try and deal with yes um so it's i mean yes there's a residual ethos behind it from the hippies in the 60s sure um and in fact, you could say that we still have the polarity between the squares and the hippies that that, that existed then, and we're still working that through. But again, it's not it's not being instigated; it's, be, it's a reaction mm-hmm. um, to changes that we're seeing, I guess. Yeah, certainly for me.
0: Well, and I, I think it all boils down to, to um, when we think about business and we think about you know the elements that we're talking about. It's it, it kind of boils down to what we were talking about in the in the beginning that. At the end of the day, at the end of each podcast, it feels like we're talking about relationships and human beings, and um, and what we want to do with those relationships, what what benefit we want from those relationships, and how we can better um, engage and engineer um, those relationships to 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 meet that game. Yeah. Um, the hope. That runs parallel to that for me is that we also become, in the process, more learned and um, much more proficient at exercising our humanity, um, as we experience that. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it's it's the trust, it's the relationship, it's the development of that um, that experience. Should people be able to work from home? Sure, <laughs> if it works for them. <laughs> If it works for them, and if exactly. it, it, you know, and if if their relationship makes sense, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and and date somebody online and only ever experience them online. I, that's somebody I'm probably gonna want to spend some time with at some point. Hmm. Just like with an online community or or uh, um, any other online experience that you have, the 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 idea is to leverage that as a bridge, uh, 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 a bridge uh, until you can see one another in person every once in a while. You know. Um, it doesn't have to be what feels like, you know, to still feels like, which I think is kind of ridiculous to some people, kind of an artificial connection. Yeah. You know? Um, So yeah, we should have the autonomy to do that. We should have uh, uh, the ability to pick the relationships and the boundaries that work for us and that, and that don't. Um, And at the same time, if you're running an organization, it shouldn't be the knee jerk that says, Um, We can't have community and connection if the person isn't in the room, because that's for me, that's that's not true. Um, You can have that relationship if you invest in it and you stay connected and you communicate all the time um, and you find helpful ways to do that. And you can keep the boundaries safe by proclaiming what they are and then exercising against that proclamation. <laughs> you know? So, yes, you should be able to work from home. And, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, you should be able to control your own uh, working world. And, yeah, so you the, should be responsible enough to share that with whoever you're um, uh, giving services to.
1: So there, there you go. If your boss doesn't like it, just get them to listen to the last five minutes of this podcast.
0: There you go. Tell them to forget Joke about down. it done <laughs> now that we've sorted that for the world <laughs> um i think that's a fair place to wrap up what do you say i reckon i think so too talking of boundaries yeah talking about boundaries, yeah we're we're gonna go get let you and uh go to bed <laughs> I, think I, think my I think i think
1: i'll have my dinner first it is only seven o'clock okay yeah. all right maybe
0: not <laughs> all right then um, well, thanks guys for listening. And as always, uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Megan Murray
1: and I'm at Ewan
0: and, uh, uh, we would love to hear what you think. So, uh, if you've got some ideas about it or, or want to stomp on any, <laughs> anything that we've talked about, please, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'll talk to you next time.